Finding Purpose, The Song of My Life, Episode 48, L.A. Invasion and Baby Steps. On with our stories and the beginning of my second year of this podcast. Thomas and I were still filled with inspiration from our experiences at the Festival of the Sun that I had talked about in Episode 46. Jim Durkin's words about his plans to send teams to different cities and countries made us wonder what was in store for our future. Yet foremost in our minds and daily work was preparing for the big closing down of the Living Waters Ranch. At the same time, we were maturing through sharing our faith and understanding of the Bible's principles by passing it on to the new people at the ranch. I had regular talks with the young women who worked in the kitchen. It was always about practical situations, letting God change our hearts and attitudes as we learned to be servants. Of course, prayer and singing was what lifted our spirits and caused us to appreciate and be thankful for everything. Thomas had a similar opportunity with the guys he was training to work. They worked in the garden and cared for the animals. Then in our evening meetings, he would lead us in praise and took turns with David doing the Bible studies. It was like we were gradually learning to take those baby steps, learning to walk, take responsibility, and encourage others. At the same time, Thomas and I were excited as little Naomi started taking her first baby steps out on the dirt path in front of the big house. Every day she could take a few more steps, and it was so fun when I could hold her little hand and guide her along the driveway to the dome. It was perfect when I was in the kitchen preparing meals that she could play and walk around in the dining room. Sometimes on the weekend, Thomas would take her in the dome dining room and set her on the piano bench next to him. She was learning her first words and singing as she clapped along to his music. One evening, David made a surprising announcement. All of us would be participating in an upcoming outreach in Los Angeles. Our ministry in Eureka was planning a big event that they titled the L.A. Invasion. This was at the height of the Jesus People movement that had been developing in Los Angeles. There were already some communal groups from our ministry living down there. The plan was to join them in sharing the gospel out on the streets. It was mid-August of 1974, and Thomas wrote to his mother Nadia that we were packing up everything we needed as a family to drive down to Los Angeles. Thomas told Nadia that approximately 100 brothers and sisters from Eureka, the Lighthouse Ranch, Living Waters, the Lord's Land, and the Evangelistic Team would be staying in L.A. for one month. It would be at least a 10-hour drive for us from Garberville, considering we were traveling in old cars and vans. From Eureka, many would be traveling in old school buses. I recently saw some photos of those days. One of the buses had a scripture painted on it. It said, The Bible says, The fool says in his heart, There is not a God. What do you say? You can imagine the reaction of fellow drivers out on the highways and then pulling into downtown L.A. with that sign. There must have been a lot of coordination plans taking place between all of our communities to arrange the housing for all of us L.A. invaders. 
Thomas and David were responsible for organizing the transportation of our groups from Living Waters. Adults, our children and babies would be piling into the vans for the long ride. But most of us had already been used to this type of traveling when we went out on tree planting teams up in the mountains. We were getting excited about this adventure and were filled with expectation. For sure, there would be a lot of singing and fun fellowship out on those highways. We knew that it would be a challenge entering into that famous city after living quietly in our little cabins in the forest. The name of the city is Spanish. It means the City of Angels. Of course, it is known for the sunshine, the beautiful beaches, and the culture of Hollywood. We were aware that it was filled with both light and fame and, spiritually seeking, much darkness. Our prayers in preparation was that God would open people's hearts to receive the light of Jesus. For Thomas and I, it would be our first time together in L.A., except for the day we landed at the airport there from Germany in October of 1971. It had been almost three years since we had come to California with our hippie dreams of partaking in the summer of love happenings in San Francisco. We were sure that we could relate to the hippies that lived in L.A. The same scene with the rock concerts like I had gone to at the Fillmore were still going on with the bands like the Rolling Stones, the Led Zeppelin, the Who, and Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Also, the New Age spiritual movement that we had experienced in Berkeley and San Francisco was growing. I had talked in my earlier episodes about our visits to the Hare Krishna temple in Berkeley and that we went to a large parade of the Krishna worshippers in Golden Gate Park. This time, we would be entering the city of Los Angeles with our friends carrying the message of salvation that had transformed our lives. Thomas and I had been searching for a hippie utopian type of life, a group of people that lived in peace and harmony with nature. Instead, we found the community of Living Waters Ranch. Now we wanted to be witnesses of the truth that Jesus is the only way to God and he saves all who call upon his name. It would be like taking our first steps into a different world, a bit scary, but we were confident that God would help us adjust to being in a city. Thomas had some experience witnessing on the streets in Eureka, but he knew since he grew up in West Berlin that life in a metropolitan city was very different. We were also looking forward to meeting the other Christians that would be joining us for this project. All of us would be getting a taste of reality, seeing what kind of people were hanging out on the streets and beaches of Los Angeles. Before we left, Thomas had sent his mother one of those typical airmail letters that folded up like an envelope. The return address says, Thomas Van Doren, Living Waters, Whitethorn, California, 95489, USA. It is addressed to Nadia Van Doren, 1 Berlin 45, Goethe 145, Germany. On the back, he wrote in German, open up this letter carefully because it was the first time Nadia was receiving this type of airmail envelope. In large print, he wrote on the back, Jesus Christos ist der Herr. Jesus Christ is the Lord. The letter was stamped August 15, 1974 and only cost 15 cents. Those were the days. 
He wrote that at Living Waters, we had been praying together for God's leading, protection, and wisdom for the people we would meet out on the streets. He said we were expecting to see many miracles and people being set free as they turned to the Lord. He asked Nadia to also please pray every day. He said all we can do is to trust God with our whole hearts and hold on to his word. God is Lord over everything, including any evil we might be confronted with. He wrote that we have nothing to fear because our hearts are full of praise and thanksgiving. We know that God has saved us through his son, Jesus. We will be in constant and earnest prayer that others will also be saved as we share our testimonies. In his letter, I can see how serious he was about this mission to L.A. It wasn't about a fun vacation to Southern California. He believed that there would be a spiritual battle going on for the souls of many people. As far as the importance of prayer, only God knows how he protected us on that big trip down to L.A., and he had prepared our hearts for whatever we would encounter there. We were traveling in groups in old cars, and when we arrived at the addresses that were given us, we would be moving in with people we had never met before. For us mothers, it was always a challenge getting our children adjusted to new people and new circumstances. Just feeding them and getting them to go to sleep was sometimes difficult. Our group from Living Waters was assigned to a Christian community outside of the city. They received us with open arms and showed us to the rooms they had prepared for our families. Once we got settled, our team leaders explained what the plans were. Everyone was assigned to a team between 10 to 20 people. There would be a team leader that was familiar with a location, and each group would have musicians, song leaders, and a couple of men who would do the preaching. They had to not only be confident in sharing the gospel, knowing the scriptures, but also needed to have a loud voice. Also, everyone was given instructions on how to handle rowdy or even violent people that might try to disrupt or even physically attack someone. Everyone received a package of tracts, little cards with scriptures, and an invitation to the evening meetings at a rented hall downtown. At certain locations near Sunset Boulevard, there would be tents where everyone could meet and have a meal. Most of us mothers with young children stayed back at the house, where we would prepare meals, sandwiches, and mind the children. I don't remember ever going out on the streets, so I relied on hearing Thomas's reports every day. I asked him to buy a couple of postcards so I could write a note to my parents and his family in Berlin. He brought me cards from a tourist shop with photos of the Los Angeles Zoo. Here's what I wrote in simple English to Nadia. Dear Nadia, Edward and Omi, we love you. Jesus bless you all. Jesus is so wonderful. Many people have given their lives to him these past two weeks. Every day, about 60 brothers and sisters go on the streets of Hollywood and the beaches and tell people about Jesus. Naomi is learning to walk, and she knows some words and sings and dances in her little way. She's happy with Jesus. Love, Thomas, Christine, and Naomi. The card already looks like an antique. Well, it's 49 years old. 
It has two stamps with a black and white photo of Eisenhower, each costing eight cents. All in all, we had a great time making new friends, and especially Thomas had many lasting impressions from his experiences out on the streets. On the drive home, Thomas told me that he was sure that when the right time came for us to be sent out, it would be to a big city. This was a radical change of mind for him, considering we had been living the back-to-nature dream, first in a teepee and then in the redwoods in a cabin. The idea was kind of scary for me, because I couldn't imagine what that would be like. Mainly, we had Germany on our hearts, and the only city we knew was Berlin. Thomas, being a city boy himself, and then just witnessing the culture of L.A., was quite aware of what difficulties might await us. With this trip to L.A., we were just concentrating on sharing the gospel, but God was using those two weeks to prepare us for our own future. After returning to Living Waters, Thomas made a tape to his mother. This was a new development in his relationship with her. Instead of writing long letters, he started making tapes. One of the first ones he made shortly after we came back home. We had a small black tape recorder with an extra microphone. I had never heard the tapes before because they were in German, and then he would mail them right away to his mom. This particular tape is funny for me, listening to his young 23-year-old voice talking in German while driving a truck to Eureka. I guess he had it laying on the seat beside him because you can hear the noise of the vehicle in the background. He starts by saying he's going to Eureka for a dentist appointment because he needs a tooth pulled. He tells his mom that the last time he was at a dentist was in Berlin. He says he hopes to spend the night there with some friends who used to live at Living Waters. First, he encourages Nadia to keep speaking to her mother about Jesus and to ask God to help her. He says that we need to be open to pass on what we have learned. Then he casually mentions that we might be returning to Germany, but we need to trust the Lord for his timing. He tells her that we just returned from two weeks of preaching out on the streets of Los Angeles. He says that we went out for the day in teams to the surfers at the beach and to the pier. He told her that sometimes he played his flute with the other musicians and even got to preach the gospel to the people passing by. One day they were on Sunset Boulevard near where they had a tent set up to offer people a meal and then invite them to the evening meals in a rented hall. He said every day was a new experience. He told her that one day I was speaking to a couple about Jesus and the man got so angry that he tried to hit me. I just kept talking to him. I wasn't afraid and didn't at all feel the need to defend myself. I remembered the times when I also rejected the message of the gospel, but I knew it was important that someone was bold enough to tell me about Jesus. He continues by saying, on another day, I was with my team when a drama procession of the crucifixion took place. They were walking through Hollywood on Sunset Boulevard. It was Christians that were part of the L.A. outreach, but we didn't know them. They were dressed in elaborate red and white costumes, and the actors were really serious as they portrayed Jesus. The man playing Jesus, carrying his cross, had a crown of thorns on his head, with red paint streaming down his face onto his beard. 
A few men were dressed in long white robes playing the smug Pharisees, and another group played the Roman soldiers dressed in red costumes. The soldiers had swords and whips and kept yelling out commands driving the man with the cross onward. At one place on the street they paused. A man from their team was telling the story about the love of Jesus and why he had to go to the cross. They had stopped right in front of a group of Hare Krishna guys dressed in their orange robes. They were singing to Krishna and playing music with their cymbals and drums hung over their shoulders. Christine and I were familiar with this because we had in the past even sang with them and been at one of the temples. I was so moved as we watched and followed them down the street. Then when they came to a slightly enclosed area, they lifted the Jesus actor up on the cross he had been carrying. The actors were mocking and yelling, crucify him. It was so dramatic that even some people on the street watching joined in, yelling and cursing at Jesus. I had never really thought about what it was like as the people lined the streets of Jerusalem and mocked Jesus on the road to Golgotha. It was overwhelming. I was almost crying, but it was glorious at the same time to witness this drama taking place on the streets of L.A. There were all kinds of people watching, normal folks, tourists, drug addicts, and homeless guys. On another day, the same group did the procession out on the beach where the surfers and street people hung out. A huge crowd had been following them and watched as the soldier dug a hole in the sand and propped up the man on the cross. Some of the actors were shouting, crucify him, and the Pharisee men stood silently watching. The Jesus actor called out the words of Christ saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Before he played the dying scene, he said, it is finished and gave up his spirit. Everyone waited for what would come next. And then the preacher started calling out to the crowd saying, repent and believe. Now is the day of salvation. Jesus loves you and wants to set you free. When the drama ended and the crowd spread out on the beach, our team looked for people to speak individually to. We gave them invitations to come to the evening meeting where they could hear more about the gospel. We even prayed directly with those who seemed to be open and interested in hearing more. After Thomas told Nadia about his experiences in L.A., he said that he would hope one day he would see a procession like that in West Berlin. He could imagine it taking place on the Kafirstendam, the main street downtown where all the clubs, restaurants, and shops are. That's where he used to hang out and played in bands in the clubs and discos. When he told me about this idea, I was pretty impressed. I hadn't seen the drama procession on Sunset Boulevard, but I did know what the main street in Berlin looked like. That's where I had met Thomas in the summer of 1970. Those days in August and September of 1974 had obviously made a big impression on both of us. But back at Living Waters, we were looking forward to our next outing, a Sunday in Eureka. We hadn't heard Jim Durkin's Bible teaching since the Festival of the Sun a couple of months before that. In closing today, the L.A. invasion was the first time that Thomas and I were exposed to an organized event with the goal of getting people saved. A lot of the people were drawn in because of the drama plays, the music, and the large gatherings at the meeting halls. 
This created a certain type of momentum or emotional response for everyone involved. We never knew for sure if there were true conversions taking place. This was not at all the experience that those of us in Northern California had. It was about personal conversations, sharing and hearing the gospel. And then most of us didn't go back to our normal life. We had the opportunity to stay at one of the communal ranches and be taught God's principles according to the Bible. By living and working together, we were learning in practical ways to let our minds be renewed. God gave us a whole new purpose, and that's what we had to share with others. Bye for now.